yeah. Batter me up and throw me in the fryer. This is Aaron Adams coming in with the Musings of Men podcast. I'm here with my amigo Andy. What up? Not too much here. What's going on? Um, not too much over here. It is a beautiful sunny day. It right is. Right now. I'm about, you know, way too cold, of course, but I mean. Nah, it can never be too cold. Spring is around the corner. I hate spring. What? It's cold in the mornings and blazing in the... You have all four seasons in one day. Yeah, I hate that. I want to talk about some real bipolarism that's spring <laughs> around here. You know, honestly, dude, when I was younger, I had this problem where I would go to school with pants on, but in the afternoons, I would roll them up because it was hot out by then. Oh, yeah. That's where, you see, all right, for everyone out there who doesn't know, I don't wear pants. I only wear shorts. And this is why. Because I figured out in fourth grade that you don't need pants because in the springtime around here like andy said it's cold in the morning and then hot in the afternoon and so i would always go to school with pants on and then like halfway through the day i would roll them up because i was too hot and then like i I just figured why it's just easier to wear shorts so i did what's you like what's new with you andy you have kind of a big Oh, yeah, so... Thing. Actually, I think I'll save that for moment of the week. All right, bud. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep people in suspense. All um, right. build the suspense. But, yeah, I mean, but that's... Yeah, like, I can wear, like, jeans in 60 or 50 degree weather. Yeah. I don't know. I can... Or, like, maybe even 70, like, low 70s. Really? Yeah. For me, like, I can't do anything below 70. I mean, I'm weak. No. Definitely weak. But, um, I don't know. It hurts my, hurts my legs, bro. I can't do anything above 80. I hate it. You're in the wrong place then, bud. I hate, I hate hot weather. Like, not like, not like just hot, like warm weather, but like just like really hot, like. 80, 90 degree days. Like, I can't do them. Yeah. Just not where it's at. Can't say I agree. No. Like, I love it's not those fun. Like, I always days. stay inside. Yeah. I'm always outside. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just the day you can go to the water and cool off. You know? Yeah, but soak up I don't, the I don't, sun. I don't swim, and I don't really like the beach, so. <laughs> I don't like sunburn. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we're uh, here in your basement. Yeah, we are again. again. Yeah, I think we're just gonna stay here because yeah, it's too much. I think this wouldn't work at T Bazaar. Hell no, it wouldn't. Uh, it's good morning. And speaking of morning, I'd like to uh, let y'all know that black coffee is the only way to start the morning off right, in my opinion. Because you know, it's like a creamer and sugar and all that. Don't put creamer in your coffee. Right. If yeah. you put if you put anything other anything else in your coffee, other than what, it, like other than just the coffee beans, it becomes a milkshake, right? You start adding creamer and sugar, and it's a milkshake at that point. No, I have a firm not. belief on that. That's not. If you drink, as my as my English teacher would say, if you drink black coffee, you're gonna have an interesting life, and I'll be he was correct. Possibly. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, what's our, uh, let's dive into our topic for today. So, today we're kind of doing a throwback to the first episode of Inspiration. We're going to be talking about uh, figures and people, figures and people, same thing, um, about who's influenced us the most in life. Yeah. And I think because I have a philosophy um, that you are the combination of the five guys you kick it with the most. But I also feel that, you know, the people who influence you, who you admire and look up to, those are the people who are going to influence you even more. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to kind of, you look up to them. They you know, shape like, you and yeah, they see shape what you're your doing. everything. And I, that's definitely true for a bunch of mine. Um, that's but, yeah, true I mean, for me, too. Yeah. Um, so. All right, well, let's dive into it. Yeah. Andy, who's your first inspiration? So, this is probably not going to come as a surprise, but a big, big figure of inspiration for me is Bob Dylan. And the reason I kind of like, I would say idolize, um, is I think he, he's just a cool guy. Or when he, like, when he was younger, he was just a cool guy. And I strive to be like that. People that, you know, the guy that people want to be around. People that, you know, they don't completely understand him. He's like this figure of mystery. Even if you've talked to him for an hour, you still don't know who the hell he is. That's fascinating. Um, you know, and it's it's cool because he he um he just has this like presence about him, or at least in like the documentaries I've watched about just kind of the just yeah, the other presence of who how he you know, and he has like this coolness about him and he's like I said, really mysterious and what was your first experience with Bob Dylan? So, I listened, well, it was the, it was actually the song The Times They Are Changing, because I saw a film, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it had in the intro sequence The Times They Are Changing, and I don't know, I just, I, I thought it was a good song, so I looked up who it was by, and I, you know, kind of discovered him, and it was really just an experience, because, you know, getting to learn about, like, that kind of music, and yeah. what he did, and all yeah. that, and I, you know, I don't strive to be exactly like him, yeah. like, that's just gonna be, like, a wannabe, whatever, yeah. no, like, I, you know... Um, but, yeah, like, he just, he says this aura of coolness about him, and, nice. you know, he, he's able to be himself, but people still like him for it. Well, it's, I think that's very important, because if you're not yourself, and people start to like you, they're not going to like the real you. Well, yeah. They're going to start to like the not real you, and then, I think, it, I forget who it was, but I think one, um, singer, songwriter person had this thing about him where like their hair or like their dreadlock or something was like their main defining feature and that's what people they, I think whoever it was they didn't want to be defined as just 
the guy yeah. with the True. hair. Like that's how people recognize him. He wanted to be recognized for, for his music. For his yeah. You know, and so he he shaved his his locks off, um, and I think people got it. People yeah. understood like this yeah. isn't me. Yeah. This isn't yeah. Which I thought was cool, um, but yeah, man, that's epic, dude. I think it's a. Uh, you know, I don't think he's, like, the worst person to draw inspiration from. And I'll admit, like, I, you know, the way I dress, I've kind of drawn from that, you know. Yeah. The turtleneck and the boots and the jeans. Something and, you look up to. Yeah. I dig it, bro. All right, who's your person of inspiration, Eric, your first well, one? My first one goes back, way back, to my childhood. And I would see this guy on TV, and he would always be out, you know, exploring some exotic place, capturing, you know, these dangerous animals. And that is none other than Steve Irwin. Because I'll tell you what, out of all the people who, I, who have inspired me over the, my, my lifetime, him and Jimmy Buffett are the Buffett. two people who inspired me the most. Because I think, I, I remember the first time I saw him on TV, I was sitting in my living room and I was, you know, I was scrolling through channels, channel mm. surfing, whatever, and I, I saw this dude in these khaki, like all khaki, you know, and uh, he was in know, the desert and he was running driving. after something. And I was like, is this like, like, what is this, dude? And then I find out that he's chasing this snake, you know, through like the Australian brush. And I was like, dude, that's sick. So I literally spent like probably three hours like binge watching him. Oh, you yeah. Know, this was back when he was still alive, I think. And he was, really? I think so. Or maybe he had just passed. Wasn't that 2006 when he died? No, it was like 2004, I think. 2004, 2005. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I just know. When did Steve Irwin die? Gotta Google it, bro. September four, two thousand six. I was right. Yeah, September it was. It was. It was around. It was around that. I know. Around, it was yeah. About that old. Yep. Um, and I just remember looking at him, thinking, "This is the coolest guy on the earth." Yeah. And I was, and after that, I remember going outside. And I was looking for snakes. To you were chase, trying to be like him, and, you know. Yeah. And I really, I really idolized him, and for so many years, he influenced. You know, he was a, again one of the biggest influences when it comes to my um, how I care about the environment, my conservation. You know, yeah. lifestyle that I try to live, and he really he was the beginning of that. I think if, if I was to pick a start, I mean, that's obviously very young for me, but that's where it started, was yeah. with him. Was I mean, all the other stories I've told in this podcast were after that, but they were more, they were definitely a pull toward that direction, oh, yeah. but Steve Irwin was the origin of that. Was the, Because, yeah. I mean, he was such a charismatic guy, you know, he would just go out there and he would, he would be, he was just so passionate about these animals and about wildlife conservation, and it... It, it did its job, you know. He did his job, which it, was draw people in yeah. and get them interested and get them fascinated about it. And he really did a good job of that because, oh, yeah. I mean, now it's my life. And yeah. when, I mean, he just seriously, I mean, he's such a great guy. You know, he was a 
amazing person. And that's who I strive to be, you know, even to this day. So yeah. to be, just to, to have that sort of passion about whatever I might be into. Yeah, and, and to have that drive yeah. to. He definitely inspired my drive, you know, to do yep. this sort of things. So that was kind of, I mean, if I could choose one person, it would probably be him. Because he, he you know, yeah. definitely. Although I'm going to probably say the same about Jimmy, but. No, I mean, yeah. What can you do? Yeah, but, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean. Most of them. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Yeah. All right. My second person of inspiration is big time director influencing him in my script writing and it's gonna be Quentin Tarantino nice and the reason for that being is I'm a big fan of his movies and I think the way he writes dialogue and the way he makes it sound so natural just spoke to me and he was one of the inspirations like Pulp Fiction you know <clears throat> this pretty much any like run-of-the-mill film buff will say oh it's an amazing film and it really is but you know that was one of the movies that really got me into like script writing and just you know the ability to tell a story like that of that magnitude but also keeping it like really really simple and I really really dug that because I think um it's something that I could definitely do I could see myself doing enjoying and it it ins and it definitely reflects my writing how <coughs> I um I kind of like take inspiration from how he writes about how you know it's like the quips and the you know everything sounds like really really natural and but also free flowing at the same time nice. and it's not this you know cheesy mess and it's also not like super realistic where people are like doing the ums and the this and that and right. it's He's also one of those directors that he does these movies for himself. He doesn't do them for anyone. He, you know, wants to see his story put up on the screen, and he doesn't do it for money. He doesn't do it for, you know, to push an agenda. He's just He does it because he loves it. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. And I really like that because that kind of filmmaking, that kind of, like, directing isn't really common anymore. Really? Because what you see in these big budget movies is you know it's like a okay story but you know are you actually passionate about it really I, I don't know I've never picked up on that well before, but it's going into detail well it's the way I see it is obviously you know how people you know film studios nowadays are all doing like remakes and yeah, reboots right. of like already pre-existing franchises. I have a beef on that. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't like it either. I think it's you know Tarantino's kind of one of the last. Not I shouldn't say the last, but of like big budget like original stories. You think he's the last kind of person to? I, I wouldn't say last. I think there's definitely like art house indie flicks that are you know able to tell like a story not like not like his but like original stories and not like reboot what do you think all right this is kind of an interesting question but like what do you think the future of the film industry is going to be and what do you think the future of script writing is going to be so with regards to this sort of i think thing? eventually i think I, I hope something i hope to change is 
to kind of bring back original stories. We don't see like everything getting rebooted, you know. Right. So it's like like maybe in like a hundred years, the stuff we come up with now is then going to be rebooted. Right. You know, and that's. I just feel like there's not a lot of originality in the mainstream. That's how I see it. And they're just big CGI. I, I think you're right. Yeah. But I, I would want to know some examples of... So, like, take... To solidify the, the uh, opinion. <clears throat> so take, say, say Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Say Avengers. Say, you know, those are all based off of pre-existing properties. Take... Uh... So I have to say with Star Wars, at least, I like some of the stuff they did. So... But I think the vast majority. I think um, the Return of the Jedi. I don't know what. Um, is it the new? Is it the sequel trilogy? One of the new ones. I oh, mean, the vast oh. majority of the new ones, I actually didn't like at all. I thought they no. were messing with the story. I mean, here's the thing. Okay, I don't like Disney because I, I might get backlash for this or not. I don't care. I have Disney Plus. I really like it. Yeah. I mainly use it for um, uh, National Geographic. Oh yeah, but yeah. I really, really like Disney Plus, but all I have to say is that I think their franchise, what they're doing, is wrong because yeah. there. Right, let's just take the uh, Avengers movie, all that franchise. They've milked that to the point where you can't come up with any more stories for these guys, unless it's like fan fiction. Yeah. But which there's an endless supply of. But I have to say with the Star Wars movies, I think. Um, George Lucas was actually pissed off at. Oh no, he like, was, and he's because he he thought they ruined his baby. I mean, I, I don't blame him. Oh, essentially, you know? yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you you know he he sold it off thinking Disney was going to do a good job with it, and some aspects of it they have. There's been a couple movies, and I well, think the Mandalorian was great. I think Mandal- the back, I think um the backstories are good. Yeah, like but the, I, I think the any side of the, story, like the like the side stories. Yeah, but I think anything else, like the sequel new, trilogy, or it's isn't no, going, it's no, it's it's. I think it's BS because you can't try to redo something that was already you know I, in my mind perfected. Yeah, uh, and well, and how many times can you blow up a moon? Exactly. How many how many times can you how blow up a Death Star? It gets old. It gets well, old. yeah, because because um, and if you try to have a new storyline, I, I mean, first of all, what I hate about Disney is that they try to. Outca- like basically Re-sell erase you. all of the main characters that made the shows popular. Yeah. Like I mean, they got rid of Luke. They got rid of freaking everyone from the original, you know, so, Star Wars. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with I mean, because they, you know, the original trilogy characters. I mean, you know, they're doing their thing, whatever. Yeah. You know, there is room for new storytelling, but at least make the characters interesting, make them likable. Yeah. Because they didn't even try. I felt. They did with some, and... So what I really liked was the backstories like The Mandalorian. I enjoyed that. I was going into it thinking I wouldn't, but then I did. It's good, because I liked Solo, too. Solo, I love Solo. Solo was good. Because that was... That's probably my favorite... That and Rogue One, like the Star Wars story movies, those are my favorites, because that shows that you can do Star Wars without the Jedi. You can do yeah. them without yeah. lightsabers, and it's 
it shows like a more dare I say realistic side of the lore of it. Yeah. You know about like organized crime and you know these, and that's kind of why I liked it is because it was about like the mafia families yeah. of the galaxy. <laughs> like I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's, you're right. Because you know, and it, it dives deeper into the lore of Star Wars because it's a mate. Because I mean, I'm a Star Wars nerd. Like I, you know, granted, I'm not on the on the level of some people, but you know, I love like learning about it because it's really interesting shit, at least to me. Right. And it's. Um, it was always just, it was cool because you can do kind of, I shouldn't say gritty, but like a more mature Star Wars story. Interesting. Because, so I was okay with Rogue One. I didn't particularly like it because really? I just thought that they had, that they were trying to milk Star Wars for all it had. Which they had proven themselves to have done, yeah. and I didn't. I wasn't a fan of it because I just feel like you have something. You shouldn't try to build on to that. Even though Rogue One was a side story, it was a I like it was a prequel still, to Episode Four. I still feel like that was un, like unnecessary. Yeah. I just feel like all that they've done besides Solo has been unnecessary, and they've just tried to you know milk it for all it's worth, get yeah. all the money they can have it. I really like Solo. That being said. And the Mandalorian. Those two things are the only Star Wars, I guess, side stories, or anything new that they've created that I've liked. Yeah, the Disney yeah. stuff, yeah. I think one thing I also hate about Disney is that they tried to... Did you hear about this? They tried to outcast um, Jack Sparrow, like Johnny Depp, from the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, but then they brought him back on. They did, because he actually won a, a court case or something where his wife said that he was beating him, but in reality, she was beating you know, John. Oh Depp, yeah. Well, not, that's always that. because he came in to the studio with like bruises and like cuts on his arm from his wife, like yeah, Amber Heard. Yeah, and, and stuff. And... I, I was just like, you can't do my man's like that. I mean, he's a great, great. Yeah, he, he's, he's a good he's actor. A great actor. You cannot. He's have, also a good person. Too. He's a good person. I mean, you can't have Pirates of the Caribbean without Jack Sparrow. It's just not gonna work. And you know what thing I don't like about what they do with the the last one they made back in twenty seventeen. I mean. Disney's doing it again, and they're doing away with all the characters that made the series good. They tried to do that, but then they realized that oh shit, like that doesn't actually work. Yeah, well, it's like that's so I, dumb. I mean, I think with Pirates of the Caribbean, I think with a series like that, there's only so much you can actually do. Really, I love it. I love see, it. I mean, it's good. They're good movies. Yeah, but I feel like the last two that they did were okay. Um, but I feel like with a story like that, there's not really anything else that you can do with it because what they what they do with the last okay so what they do with the last movie is they try to bring in like a whole new villain, it was you know Salazar Salazar but, and, and and they tried to have like this new like lead female character which I'm all good for lead female characters but if you're introducing anybody new into the story and trying to make them the center yeah. of attention in a in a series that's already established I don't yeah. think that that quite works as well as you might think it does because yeah. i didn't enjoy that movie as much i mean it had will turner's son but again i mean they only made like cameos in this essentially well, yeah, cause i know because i know will turner comes up at the end because they break because yeah. they break the yeah. davy jones curse right mm -hmm. yeah and and then um, he comes up and he sees his wife elizabeth and all yeah, that. Elizabeth, yeah. and then jack it's so funny he was putting his telescope he's watching um elizabeth 
And then he saw Will come in there and kiss her, and he was like, <laughs> like he, he was like angry. Uh, I I really like Jack. Jack is definitely my favorite. I mean, obviously, kind of an inspiration, but he's just a really really funny dude. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's also a lot more to Johnny Depp than just mm-hmm. Jack Sparrow. I think um, the way he the range that he has is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. It's. But anytime I see him in any other movie other than Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm always thinking to myself, when's he going to put on the hat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, he's going to... And when's he going to uh, become uh, Jack? But yeah. He, um... Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about Hollywood these days? Is, is, is Hollywood dead? I wouldn't say that. I... Or is at least on its last legs? I don't think it's dead. I just think they need to get their shit together or they're going to die. I think... I feel like the entertainment industry as a whole really needs to take a page out of the originality book because yeah. I feel like... You can only rehash something every like, so exactly, many times. Exactly. Yeah. And Netflix is... Some of their stuff is good. And some of their shit is just weird. That's true. Like cuties or... Oh, uh, dude. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I saw the thumbnail. I'm like, I'm going to get put on a list if I watch this. Yeah. <laughs> um, Most definitely. Yeah. I feel like, um, I don't know, everyone's moving out of California. I think that's the right move. But they, I, I'll tell you what, they better not mess up the places they're moving to. They better not Californianize the places they're moving well, that's, to. Well, that's because the thing. They the, already are. The way they voted is how they're... Play how the how California got so bad, you know. Oh yeah, it's stupid. I mean, they're going to Texas now. Well, they're all going to Texas. Well, actually, the number one state that was moved to in twenty twenty, like the number one state with the most incoming people from all over in twenty twenty, was actually South Carolina. Believe it or not, it was like sixty four percent of all the people who moved out of like the West Coast and everywhere came to South Carolina. No, you know they're gonna turn to blue. Yeah. They're gonna turn it deep blue. Which honestly, I think um Yeah. I, I could see myself living there. Well they're gonna gentrify the hell out of it. Well they better not. No, but they are. That's not that's no no no. Like people from California move somewhere, they're gonna gentrify it. I, I don't like Californians. Why? Because they're just okay. I think that some people who are from California, who don't have the right mindset of, like, America, are just kind of, like, socialist, like, assholes. Well, that's the thing, I mean... They better not... Well, no, but they are, but they are. Like, that's the thing, like, there is no, I hope they don't, I hope they don't do that. Because, I mean, if if you're moving to a place and you're not used to freedom, then... Well, that's the thing, I mean, they're gonna gentrify everything, like I said. Oh, God, I would hate. Well, yeah, and they're going to make everything. They're going to jack up the prices and drive the people who they're out. Although I also feel like there's going to be a... I feel like if they're moving to a place, I feel like some of them are actually trying to escape California and escape all that. Because the only reason that they would have lived in California in the first place is because they were born there and they were raised there. And they're moving out because things are just so bad and maybe they actually understand that, hey, I mean, I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm positive. I actually work for... A, a guy from who just moved from California, you know, yeah. and he he seems like a a really good nice guy who doesn't have any of those problems, you know. Um, he seems like a fairly conservative guy, and like 
I don't know, there's lots of people like him who are just normal people. And they're just trying to escape a bad system. You know? and, um, all the hippies with oversized shades in LA can they can live there and they can do their thing. But I also feel like if you're but you gonna, can't but you can't stop migration. You can't stop migration. I think it's good that there's an exodus out of California because it really speaks to the way they're doing things over there and it really speaks to the fact that things are not good. Well yeah, I think I think they'll I mean if they wanna keep their overpriced real estate and way of living, I think they're gonna have to definitely change something, but Yeah. Um I also feel like people I mean if they're if they're moving to a place, I, I believe that they've chose that place for a reason. And maybe they're willing to assimilate into that lifestyle, into that place. You know, obviously they're going to bring their, you know, cultural baggage with them, which is completely fine. We're all a melting pot. We're all moving around. But I, I think that the people who who moved out, moved out for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to find a better a better life somewhere better else. situation better yeah. and I, I i genuinely think that most of the people who moved out are just trying to find a better situation yeah i mean i think and we shouldn't be so hard on them well yeah but i mean it's i think it's a matter of what they're there for and i think um i, but I think a lot of people 99 percent of the people who moved out are just moving out to find a better situation yeah i mean but how accepting is places like south carolina and texas going to be because i know texas people are pissed like texans yeah. are pissed yeah. about californians coming well, i mean i think that there's also a stigma around californians and that that entire group of like weird west coast kids you know yeah but there's also a stigma of like white trash hillbillies on the east coast that's true i mean that's, Which the, is, that's the thing like people yeah. make fun of the yeah. american south and I'm not a big fan of the American South, but, you know, that's my own statement. I could never leave the South. <laughs> I'm trying to get out as fast as I can. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like, I think, do you think they're going to be turned, like, blue states? I think Texas has a good chance of being turned blue, but I don't feel like South Carolina is. Really? I don't, there's, I mean... I don't. I, I just don't see South Carolina being blue. I mean, it might be purple, maybe, but I think. But I mean, overwhelmingly, it's it's so it votes moderately. So all right, let's just take the city of Charleston, biggest city in, um, in that area in that um, state. Uh, one of the biggest, actually, the hot spots are Charleston, um, Columbia, and one more upstate. But there's a lot of young, new people who are moving in. Like, I mean, you look around Myrtle Beach area, all the houses that have been, like, there's a, there are hundreds of new developments, you know, that have been built in the last 10 years. Yeah. And a lot of people have, it's actually, for a number of years, it's been the top state people have been moving into. Too, yeah. And the demographics are definitely changing. Like, I mean, you look at places like North Carolina, even, like, the demographics have definitely changed. And from what's now? From, well, it was, it was traditionally deep red. Yeah. And now it's purple. But a lot of people from the Midwest actually come to North Carolina. And a lot of them settle in, like, the Charlotte area and Raleigh. And oh, yeah, Charlotte's two, a big... Those two big hot spots. But I feel like with Charleston's actually a millennial hub, believe it or not. 
and mm. a lot of like young professionals live in the Charleston area. Yeah, I think it's cool because I mean, there's still it's still a it votes moderately conservative. Like it's not deep red. It's, no, it's, it's, it's not a like pretty Al- purple. It's not like Alabama or no. New Orleans. Or, but I, what Louisiana I really like about that Georgia. whole move to South Carolina is that, you know, it's not... It Things are changing fast there. But they're changing in a more balanced direction. They're not moving hyper-liberal. They're not still hyper-conservative. They're, it's a really... I found that it's a pretty in the middle kind of place nowadays, and it's moving more in the direction of being in the middle, which I think is a good thing. We all need a middle ground. Yeah, but I mean, but how willing are like? Because there are people that live there that are still hyper conservative, of course, deep, deep red. So how willing are those people gonna? Well, those people live in the corridor of shame, which is basically like. But okay, so then okay, so like. You're, look, anywhere you go, you're going to find people who are deeply conservative. doesn't matter where. Yeah. And I, I, I respect that. I think it's no. cool. In fact, I myself am a moderate conservative. I don't... I'm definitely not... Hyper... Hyper conservative. I'm definitely not liberal. My views are in the middle. They're like and, a moderate... moderate yeah, yeah, I'm like, like 90% of the people in this country. I'm in the middle. I might lean one way or the other, but I'm in the middle. And a lot of people are moving into that state of South Carolina. They're all kind of bringing it into a more middle ground sort of. To a purple. Yeah. yeah. Which I think it will it might go purple, but I still think it's going to be red. It, it, I mean, Over, I, think, I, think it, I think it depends on yeah. how many people actually move from California. Because, I mean... Yeah. Not just California. We're talking Vermont and places in the Midwest. And well, Vermont up north. I know, but people are actually, I mean, Connecticut, Vermont and Connecticut, there's actually several places in the Northeast that are, people are leaving, and actually Connecticut's one of the fastest that people are leaving and going out somewhere else. Uh, I don't think that's a big, big shift. I mean, I don't, like, I think that's, I think that's true with any place that people will leave. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think that's. It's the fastest shrinking state in the Northeast. I think it was either Vermont or Connecticut. One of those two is the fastest shrinking. Because, like, you go outside of, like, um, I mean, I know there's, like, there's wealth in Connecticut. But if oh, you yeah, got, like if, but there's, like, one or, area yeah. of wealth. And if you go outside of that, it's just poor. You could say the same thing about, um, the Amer- like, with South Carolina. Because you go outside, of, you take one step outside of Charleston, and it's all a bunch of backwoods. That's, that's what we call the corridor of shame. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think... I think people that are born in the north east is it's just kind of they just stay there. I don't know, people move around. No. I think that with the exodus from California, I feel like um Like I, I just I don't see the appeal in moving down south. I just don't like beautiful weather, nice people. No. Yeah. No, they're not yeah. friendly at all. Not the ones what? I've met. Like Who have you met that's not nice? In the South, like in, like in the South. I'm not talking Charlotte. Charlotte's not, like. That's in North Carolina. Yeah, but it's not the real so Southern the... experience. I'm talking like someone from, from Charleston or Wilmington or, you know, not kind of Raleigh maybe. We call like, it, I, like, we call it Raleighwood, or like Savannah. You know, someone from Savannah. You meet any. I, well, when 90, I was little, because I was born in Florida, yeah. and I lived in Georgia. I would say Florida is not 
the south. Well, no, but it technically is. Florida's whack. It's nothing southern about that. Um, I mean, Atlanta, nothing southern about that either. But you go outside of those metro areas, people are nice. People are uh, nice. If you're a city, you're a city think, folk. Well, no, I think it's a little problematic that, you know, because I read this thing about Tiger Woods and Augusta and how they wouldn't let him play there because he was black. And this oh, was in the not, 90s. Oh, that was in the 90s. That's the 90s. That was only 30 years ago. That's messed up, though. There that's, are, that's right, what I was thinking. I'll tell you what. I'll the, tell you what. There's a lot of backwards people, not just in the South. Well, I mean, people yeah, always have people this stigma. Over, yeah. People think that the South is a racist place. It's, you know, it's I mean, really it, not. It's not. I just, I mean, I think Jim Crow definitely has a lot to do with that stigma. And I mean, yeah. rightfully so. But there but are I, some backwards people everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. You know? Like up north, like, up north it's a lot more subtle. And people, I mean, up north, it's like, it's not really racism. It's more like, because it's where a lot of, like, immigrants settled. Well, there's a difference. Well, yeah, because, I mean, because you hear words like Polak and Mick and Crowd and, um, like, Wop and Guido. Like, it was, you know, that's not really, like, people don't, people up north don't care about race. It's like. Yeah. Although there's a big difference between the old south and the new south. Are you talking about the antebellum south and the, like, new south? Essentially, yeah. I mean, like, the new south is more like, oh, come on in, have some sweet potato pie with us. Have dinner for lunch, you know. Every, every time that I've been there and I've even come up to a stranger, every stranger I meet in the south is just nice. They're just nice people. They're just wonderful, you know. Southern hospitality is real and alive. I can assure you of that. You're not going to the right places. Charlotte no. is not where Southern hospitality lives. No, that's, that's where a bunch of Yankees and Midwesterners come up and, you know, try to screw things up for the South. Hey, we tried with Reconstruction. <laughs> Actually, wait, no, I shouldn't even be saying that because my family didn't come here until after that. Yeah. So. My family's been in the South for ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever since the city of Wilmington was formed. The whole family's lived there ever since. But I'll tell you what, though. I mean, going back to what we were saying, I, for everyone out there, the South is a wonderful place. Debatable. That's a Yankee opinion. Don't take it a Yankee's opinion. It's an outsider's opinion. It's not biased. Like, I'm not biased. Actually, I'm not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you are. That's the, you're the whole. Like, <laughs> I'm a Southern boy. I can't help it. I mean, I've been wrong with the I South. Know. In, just... in my opinion, it is full of nice people and warm weather and just a really calm, chill vibe. That's my experience. Okay, I'll say this. The accents are a little annoying depending on where you go. I love the accents. I can't get enough of them. I don't like like the hardcore redneck accent. I don't like it. But I like a good, you know, Charleston. Yeah. I like. I love the accents of, like, the real, of real Southern people. I can't, I can't tell the difference between... Because there's like, cause up north, everyone just calls people in the south rednecks. That's how they're seen up north. But that's not even right. I mean, we're, well, we're yeah, not that, a bunch of rednecks. I mean, I'm not a redneck. Am I? No. I mean, none of my family's a redneck. We're all southern. Although my dad's from Utah. <laughs> oh, he's from Utah? Yeah, he was born in Utah. Is he Mormon? No. Really? No, he's not. He was just born there because my 
grandfather oh. was traveling around with the Air Force and he was stationed there. And then they moved like to New Mexico and California and New York and everywhere. I was about to say, he probably has like multiple moms. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not Mormon, just born there, not just raised there. Not okay. but, uh, he's raised here in Virginia. But um, I will say the South is... There, so if you go outside, I mean, anywhere you go, you're going to find rednecks. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go outside of New York City or even in New Jersey or wherever, you're going to find rednecks. It's just a, well, it's a part of this country. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think, like, Granted, they're like a little New more Jersey. Subtle. Well, they're like, I mean, because New Jersey's a bunch of wops. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, sorry for anyone <laughs> who's Italian out there, but yeah, it's a bunch of, yeah. you know, and granted, I can kind of say this because I'm, not really Italian, but like, you could pass. I could. I'm, I'm like, f- kind of from the same region. Yeah. So I can kind of say this. <laughs> Not really, but I don't care. Yeah. Is like, you know, you got these. You I know, just Guido, yeah. like, yeah. And when I say Guido, I'm talking about like the slicked back hair, <laughs> oily. They got that how you doing kind of. Yeah. You know, granted, it's charming. It's it's a little charming, but no, you know, not really. I think it's harsh. I think a nice southern accent from a woman, dude, it just puts me at ease. just makes me yeah, feel it all right. It just makes me feel like everything's going to be fine. She's like, come on in, have some tea. I'll fix you some tea and some supper real, real quick, like. And I'm like, well, thank you, ma'am. You see, I think it's, a, I think it's really about what your preferences are. Because yeah. we in the south, we look up north and we see the Yankees and we think, gosh, what a bunch of uptight, you know. I'm trying to think of some more descriptive words. Well, it's all immigrants. What do you expect? Uptight, overworked, city folk that talk that are mean. We think you're. We're not. We mean. think you're a bunch of mean. You know. You're a bunch of cross-burning hicks. <laughs> We're that's, not. That's, that's how we see you. I mean, you see cross-burning hicks. Jeez, that's awful harsh. <laughs> we all have those people. Hey, that's Mississippi. Okay, we don't like Mississippi too much. <laughs> But all I'm okay, saying, but, but what do you expect from Polacks and the Irish and the Italians? That's their prerogative. The we don't care about them. We welcome them. No, you don't. Yeah, no, I'm serious. We do. There's a lot of immigrants who come to the South. Charleston and Wilmington and Savannah are like the three biggest ports for immigrants to come in from like Germany and you know France and England and everywhere you you go. I mean, we're we're down for immigrants to come. There are lots of immigrants. There are lots of people well, yeah, who pass down but, from there that live in well, these yes. southern towns, and I think. Y'all up north just don't even don't even want to take that into consideration, you know. We're a bunch of the South is a bunch of really open hearted and good willed people who just wanna help each other out and are good neighbors and you know, the worst they're gonna do is be passive aggressive and that's rarely. I mean, there's a lot of people I, I'm saying dude. I'm not saying you're I mean, wrong. I mean, I grew up funny. in the South, right? Yeah. And I, I would know this from experience. Yeah. All the people I've met, everyone who I've ever been, every town in the South has been nothing but nice. Wonderful people, you know, and they just want to help you out if you're having a problem or a bad day. Even a stranger will be like, what's going on, bud? And then you can, you can trust them. You can talk to them about your problems and whatever you're having because you can trust Everyone's these people. They're just nice Wonderful. I mean, they'll invite you over for dinner. Southern hospitality is real. All right? Yeah. It is real and alive. I can tell you that much. And I love it. Although, again, it's probably a thing of preference. 
you know, if you like the southern way of life or you like the northern way of life, it's really your preference. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it depends also, like, what north you're talking about. Because the northeast is very different from, like, the mid-north. Mid-north? Like, like, North Dakota. And... Oh, that's the Midwest. That's very different. Well, yeah, but, like, the mid-north. I'm talking about the southeast. So I'm talking about there's different norths. I'm not because uh, there's the north, there's the northwest, there's the mid north. Right. That's that's which is like Michigan. Midwest. That's called the Midwest. Midwest, whatever. And there's the northeast. And there's three very different. I'm talking about the northeast mainly. A bunch of Yankees. Nothing wrong with being from the northeast. Nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with nothing, moving to the northeast. Nothing wrong with being from the northeast or moving to the northeast. All I'm saying is that if you plan to do that, you're making a mistake. <laughs> but, but like if. You, but if you go down south, you're going to get a cross burn in Europe. No, you're not. That never happens. Okay, I can't say it never happens. All right, you know what? I'm not. I'm excluding, in this, I'm excluding all the states that we southerners don't like. I'm talking the Gulf Coast states, Alabama, Mississippi, you know, Louisiana. We don't like But that's those. like the, Florida. But that's, but that's the legit south. No, that's not the legit south. But that, that's, but the, that is. that's the south central. That's the deep south. And that's what people think of when they think of the South. That is, whether you like that's it or not. That's not what I think of when I think of the South. But that, but that doesn't matter what you think of the South. That is the South. That is, when you think there of... Is, all right, so if we're talking East Coast versus Gulf Coast, there's just, so actually, interestingly enough, there's a, there's a bunch of different types of Southern accents. Like, if you go to... Like, Wilmington has its own special accent. Charleston has really? its own special... Yeah. Charleston uh, has its own accent. Savannah has its own accent, and so there's Mobile. And the there's a Gulf Coast accent as well. There's it's all you know slightly different from each other and how they say different words or how they kind of go about things. Well, it's anywhere. I think, but isn't like Louisiana? Isn't Louisiana, like that's Cajun. That's Cajun. I, it was I think you're very Crawley. uneducated about the South. No, because I don't want to. You don't know anything about it. You think we're a bunch of cross burning hicks, and that ain't the truth. <laughs> That that just ain't the truth, man. I'm telling you what. Because yeah, well, you also think that up north, everyone sounds the same. Everyone's pissed off. Everyone's nice. Really? You just have to know them. Okay, well, I guess we're educating each other then. Yeah. And see, this, is what being, this is what being open-minded is all about. Yeah. Like, you know what? Because this is what this podcast is all about, being <laughs> open-minded. We're trying to we're learn from each other. Learn. Yeah, exactly. You know? and So enlighten me yeah. on the different accents. I'm genuine. Because I, I, actually, I find that genuinely interesting. Is like people yeah, from so, the same okay, region. So people be... from, say, Charleston. They, say don't, they, they don't say Charleston, which it pains me to even articulate like that. Charleston. But people down there, they say things like Charleston. And they say different words like, they, they kind of have a, like a, I kind of flow into that a little bit myself. And it's more of a, um, like I'm trying to think of an example of a word. Um, uh, the way they vocalize it. The way they vocalize it. It's, it's much different. Like, I mean, um, it's more of like a, like, like how much y'all going to eat sort of deal. You know, like. The y'all. It's like, the, it's no, the y'all is, it's universal. No, y'all yeah. is universal. Um, but. It's more things like, it's kind of a softer tone. It's kind of a softer, more smooth kind of tone. Like, yeah. hey, how y'all doing today? It's hot outside. Y'all want to come in for some tea? It's kind of like that. Like, that's the that's kind of the low country accent. Like the, 
it's it's definitely the low country south carolina yeah. you know, accent charleston um they say charleston you know and you go up to wilmington and they that's obviously where my accent is from and they say like um just certain words you know and people can tell like oh you were raised here you know like nowhere else are you gonna find that particular yeah. lingo and accent the way you say words it's like it's it's much more different you know like um I'm trying to think of an example. Um, but there, there are certain, well, I can tell you for sure is that there are certain words that um, people say that the way they vocalize them and you know, how, they, how they say them, it's, it's more of a, um, it's just different wherever you go. Yeah. And Savannah, they talk like this more. You know, they have more of a draw almost, you know. Yeah. And, but I mean, you got Alabama, dude. That's a bunch of hicks. It's Ooh. a poor state, though. It's it's awful. We don't like Alabama. But it's still a part of the South. It, unfortunately, like yeah. okay, a Wilmington accent. Unfortunately, you know something like that. Unfortunately, but we don't. We like the A's It's like low key like... an abbreviation sort of deal, but I mean it's like that. Yeah. I guess, but. See, people always make fun of me for saying New Orleans. It's Nolans. It's New Orleans. It's Nolans. You have to pronounce the English language. You have to pronounce every single. It is. It is Nolans. That's New how you Orleans. pronounce it. Nolans. The port of New Orleans. Yeah, well, people from New Orleans they say Nolans. That's just the. It's, it's That's another. A lazy, no, it's a lazy. It's not lazy. It's not lazy. It's an accent. Right. Like that. Like people from Wilmington might say it as Nolans, as like Nolans. But people from there call it Nolans, you know. New Orleans. It's Nolans. New Orleans. Mm -mm. You see, people from, again, people from Wilmington would say Nolans, like New Orleans, and then people from there would say Nolans. You see, there are different. You see, I mean, does that kind of satisfy your curiosity? Yeah, a little bit. Makes sense. I mean, like sometimes we say words that are like kind of, if we're trying to talk. Like I'm doing now, I'm kind of abbreviating little words like that. Yeah. And that's how, you know, that's, See, that's the Wilmington accent right there. See, I don't have an accent because I was born in Florida, lived in Georgia for most of my childhood, but I don't really remember it. What part of Georgia? Brunswick. Brunswick. That's like South. south oh, here's Georgia. another example. Brunswick. You know, it's not Brunswick. It's Brunswick. It's Brunswick, Georgia. Brunswick. And like New Hanover. New Hanover County. New Hanover. New Hanover County. New Hanover. See, I, so Wilmington is in New Hanover County. New Hanover. Ew. That's... I can't articulate my words like such, man. It pains me to, it pains me to even do it. New Hanover. Nolans. <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> Although the, I have to say Cajun accent is the most craziest accent. That's not even a southern accent. That's like French and fire. Like just combined and... <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous a little bit but um yeah but I mean in like Lake Placid yeah we don't have an accent I mean I you have people from like the city that come up to like retire but yeah the like the actual accent is like a, there's, it's just people it, talking there's yeah. no accent like I mean you have like Canadians but they don't really influence us no can I, I see I see um Canadian I see states like awesome. uh like Wisconsin 
and uh, like Nebraska, like Minnesota, that is South Canada. Okay, that's not even a part of America, in my opinion. <laughs> it's just South Canada. I knew a guy once from there. Um, literally, I swear to God, all he talked about was cheese. And he, he called milk, milk. Milk. Yeah, that, that actually it was, is... A, it was weird, yeah. dude. I mean, he was every stereotype you could yeah. think of from there. Dude. Yeah, it's like those, like, northern, like, in, like, Pennsylvania, those accents are pretty funny. What I really like about Pennsylvania is that they have the Amish. I think it's really cool. They're dying out, though. That's unfortunate. Yeah. My aunt lives near a bunch of Amish people. My They're... dad went to school in Amish country, and he would always tell us about how he'd ride his bike a lot and how he would go past horse and buggies and he would ride through like by Amish towns and but Amish towns don't exist anymore I mean maybe like when he was back when he was but yeah but Amish towns don't exist anymore I mean they can raise a barn in like an hour and a half it's crazy you saw that family episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I mean they're they're cool people yeah I like I like the different you know cultures that yeah. live in the different parts of this country i think yeah. it's interesting because anywhere you go it's going to be completely different from where you came from yeah i dig it <laughs> yeah. i've only but been like, up north once i have to go up north again one one more time why in august for a wedding oh they have no wedding up there yeah it's in gap pennsylvania i don't know where that is i don't either uh, it's a week before I move into college. Oh, and cool. there's a Jimmy Buffett concert the day after that I'm trying to go to. Do you want to go? I might actually, yeah. Alright. Tickets are like 40 bucks for oh, the long. Really? Yeah, it's cheap. Are you guys driving up there? I'm gonna, it's just gonna be me. I mean, but I, want, I need someone to go with. Well, no, yeah, I'll go with yeah. you. Um, It'll be at like 8 p.m. on the 7th. 7th of August? Yeah. Um,. Okay, so wait, so are you... It's near D.C. It's... Oh, no, okay, so it's near D.C. Um, what... Actually, yeah, so, like, what, um... How how long is the wedding going to be for you guys? Uh, because we're probably going to go out the day before, and then do the wedding, and then go back down here the day after, which is the day of the concert, and then that evening, I'm going to get my car, I'm going to come get you, and we're going to go up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, nice dude. That's awesome. I'll um, I'll buy like parrot headgear. Yes, dude. Yes, bring your Hawaiian shirt. If you don't, yeah. I have like eighteen Hawaiian shirts. To right, I'll, from. I'll hit you up. Freaking sick, dude. I'll tell you Help what, Jimmy. Is that near? Concerts. Is that near um, Pittsburgh? Uh, Gap. Actually, I'm gonna look it up. I have no idea where. Because I have family in Gap, but we could. What? Go no way. Yeah. Well, not in Gap, but like near uh, Pennsylvania. Near um Pittsburgh. It is. Uh, it's it's nearest to uh, Lancaster, and it's like an maybe like a hour drive from Philly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. It's like because yeah. it's like it's like Is there. It... Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Gap. Oh, okay. That's like nowhere near it. Never mind. Actually, I was gonna say we because I was gonna say we could go um, hang out with them, but nah, yeah, never mind. That's like yeah, a three hour drive. Yeah, but, everyone in my family gets married. I swear. So like, everyone gets married at like the same time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like literally, this past year, year we've had like four weddings. 
Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. That's cool. But, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool, man. I'll yeah. um, I'll definitely want to go. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett is. It's a it's an experience. Sounds. Like, I've heard they're pretty wild up there. It's wild, dude. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So anyway, looking forward to that. It'll be it'll be fun. I think yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. What were we talking about? Shoot, I even forget. The topic. The topic was like our inspirations, and somehow we got off on the. No, I don't care, man. That's cool. Hey, dude, that's what it's all about. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's wrap up the topic real quick. Yeah, I, I'll I give. I'll give. How about you give your Jimmy Buffett? Yeah. Speech, and then I'll do my other Fair person. Enough. I have um, a a couple smaller ones so I can just list off after yeah. that pretty quick. All right. So my um, I think tied for second or tied for first really between it's between steve Irwin and uh jimmy buffett Buffett, because jim buffett so jim buffett is my he influences how i see the world he really influenced how i see how i saw the world around me through his lyrics and his songs it's kind of a carefree like life is what it is it's gonna do what it's gonna do to you but overall you know you've got to keep your keep stand your ground and kind of weather the storm almost yeah. and it was it was interesting because uh, the first time i remember hearing him was as most people do his song margaritaville which i think is overplayed but um he you know, from there it was, it was only a couple of years ago i he really did shape how i saw the world and how i looked at things you know because i it was kind of carefree beach bum music but it was again I think he's one of the greatest lyricists of all time because the way just the the way he the way he articulates his thoughts and the words that he says they just make so much sense and they're so relatable to anyone out there you know and it's really interesting because he has so many of these life experiences that he can just draw from and he was born in Pascagoula, Mississippi, and he grew up in Mobile. Mobile, and he's yeah. lived for like fifty years in Florida now. But he um, he really started a culture of people who were trying to find a vacation every day. That's really what it is. His music is a it's a vacation every day. Hmm. You know, when you listen to one of his songs, you don't think about you know your troubles in life or whatever. You're the, captivated yeah. by oh. I'm on vacation. Who cares? And that's what his music is all about. Or at least that's what it started out as. And he's done some really, really, really good songs. I, I mean, every time he... Any song I can relate to. And mm-hmm. I can relate to just about every song he, he has. Because yeah. it's like looking in the mirror, really. Every time he... His sings. lyrics and all that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, his lyrics and everything influenced how I see the world. So I don't know. That's, that's Jimmy... Good old Jimmy Buffett. Yep. Cool. Who's your next one? Uh, so he's not really a. There's not really a whole lot to say about him. I mean, he. It's um. Oh, what was his name? It was a writer um butcher the name if you have to fuck what was his name was it 
Oh, um, this is not a, a writer, but it's a poet, um, Tennyson, and he was kind of like the first of like the celebrity poets of like the Victorian era. Yeah. And there's not really a lot to say about him. I just, he, his like poetry is what got me to like, not, didn't get me into it, but like, he's the first poetry I ever really read. Nice. This is recent too. Like, I'm not like a poetry person, but. Right on, dude. Yeah. Cool, man. I don't, there's nothing else really to say about it. Yeah. So. I think, okay, just real quick, this won't take any time at all, but my other influence I'd say is this guy, uh, Ben Gravy. He is a surfer. In New Jersey. And so he was, he actually was consumed by alcoholism in his early 20s. For like five years, he was an alcoholic or whatever from like high school until he was like 25 or something. And what got him out of it was he had a really bad accident doing some stunt. And then he rediscovered, so he was in the hospital and then um, he rediscovered surfing and that helped him to you know, put alcoholism behind and to find the stoke in every day, you know? And I just found that inspirational because there's a guy who, his character really speaks for itself. I mean, he was consumed by something, an addiction, and he overcame it. Yeah. And um, he he just found the stoke in every day. And he was, yeah. It it was just, it's just a really inspiring story. So that's that's one thing that... Nice, man. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Right on. Yeah. So that's my hell end of it there. Cool. Yeah. Right. Do you want to get into our media? Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, so our media was uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. This is a very poorly written uh, redneck, comedy. redneck comedy, essentially. Yeah. So it's about it's, these. What did you think of it? So it's cheap. Oh, it's very cheap. Not really funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> the fact that, you know, these... Because it's, it's a play on the slasher genre. Yeah, it is. And, you know, they these kids think they're, like, backwards killers when they're really just kind of like normal people. Yeah. So these college kids go on, like, a, a week... Like, go out to the woods to go camping. And this dude, Dale... Um, so Tucker and Dale are the two kind of redneck guys. But they misjudge them. And so when one of them gets hurt, falling off of a rock or whatever during the night, um, Tucker and Dale are fishing and they see her and they go and they um, bring her back to their new vacation house they just bought, which was probably like $25 on like eBay. Yeah. And, um, but hey, everyone has a dream. Built by Cousin Cletus. <laughs> and so um, they take this girl back and they... Um, they kind of fix her up good, and they find. So we become to find that Dale is a really loving, caring, compassionate guy. Compassionate guy, and you really shouldn't judge a book. It, the, the message of the movie was don't judge a book by its cover, because I mean you wouldn't even guess that this guy. You think he's some tough old redneck, but he's really not. Yeah. He's just kind of a nice guy who's just there, and he's just kind of helping, and he's really caring, really. And I found it. I find it really nice to see that. And meanwhile, the reason why it's funny is because the rest of all her friends, all the girls' friends who fell off the rock, um, basically they were they thought that these guys were a bunch of like 
backwards killers. Like hip, like killer hillbillies. Yeah. And so they um, they go after them and try to kill them. But during them, tr- so they end up all like somehow kill killing themselves. themselves. Like I mean, yeah. so one guy is chasing. All right. So in the beginning of this whole thing. Uh, Tucker has a chainsaw, and he was just doing some work. Their, their entire goal was to fix up the house. And they're just they're just trying to yeah, fix up the house. They're just trying to fix up the house, and Tucker gets um, stung by a bunch of bees, and he has when he was using a chainsaw, and he and starts, like he starts running through the woods, yeah, you know, like, swinging his chainsaw, and like this one of face, yeah. yeah, and one of the guys is like running along, you know, trying to thinking that oh Tucker's after him, but in reality. He was, to, he was just trying to. He was just trying to. Yeah, so the whole movie is just a big under, misunderstanding. So this kid gets like speared by like a like a stick. Oh god! And yeah, um, I, I yeah. it was it was so funny. I was like, what the hell? He's. I mean, it's just a giant misunderstanding. It was just really hilarious, you know. Yeah. And that one of them, like they're they're throwing wood into a wood chipper, and one of the kids tries to kill Tucker. Um, but Tucker moves out of the way to and get some wood, and then this kid like launches head first into the um, wood chipper. Wood chipper. It was hilarious. Yeah. I saw. I was dumb. It was so dumb. I loved it. But, um, yeah, loved but it was. It wasn't bad. But, I wouldn't watch yeah. again. In the end, what really was heartwarming was that um, the the girl that they rescued fell in love with Dale, and I was like, <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. All right. Well. That was dumb. That was dumb. Yeah. All right. Let's move to our uh, quote dating moment. Um, what was our quote of the week? How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many roads must a man walk down before you can call a man? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, everybody. So, what do you think about it? I think it's um. I think it's about people who are, kind of judging what a man should be yeah. and then the people who are judging decide how many roads a man must walk down before they call him a man it's sort of almost like hazing almost yeah you know? it's like what are you gonna do what, yeah, what do i like, have to do to earn my manhood yeah i think it's it's interesting because that brings up the question of as a society what do we expect out of men yeah and that's true and i feel like more and more i don't know for me i'll always keep my sort of masculinism yeah. I guess I mean I just but that's up to interpretation is what what does it take for you to become a man it really is up to interpretation yeah and, that, and that's the thing that quote can mean because I, I did a little reading into it and everybody interprets it a little differently right I think um, I think it's more of a quote about proving yourself yeah but I don't think you should have to prove yourself to anybody but yourself some people don't see it that way what do some people see it as you have to prove that you deserve to be called a man. And there's societal expectations. Which, that's the thing, I don't think society, some societal expectations are not bad. I think there is some good. Yeah. And that, like, you know, I mean, treat a woman there right. Is a and, oh, yeah, treat a woman right and everything. But, you know, work hard, don't yeah. let anyone yeah. tell you otherwise. Because I know yeah. a lot of guys who are afraid to get their hands dirty, and I'm like, y'all ain't going to get far in life. Because, I mean, if you, can't even, if you can't even cut grass... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, like, physical labor like that, I don't think that's really... That's not really, but I don't know. Like, that's not really... That shouldn't be, like, a distinctive factor, but I feel like getting your hands dirty, whatever that means, I feel like yeah. you shouldn't be afraid of that. No, you shouldn't be afraid of that, because I don't think anyone should be afraid of that, because it's just part of life. Yeah. You know? 
Women too. I you know, I dig a woman who can get out there and get her hands dirty. Not afraid to do it. Yeah. You know. Um but I you know, I think that I mean, I I think that you and I have definitely walked down enough roads to be called about to be called men. I feel like a lot of guys haven't even left their bedroom in two days, and you know it's all sticky and yeah, and gross and festering. Yeah, and I think that is that is not a man, cum. in my opinion. No, I think you gotta earn that. Title. You gotta, you gotta be. But it's really up to you. you gotta to be willing just, to step up to the plate. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about: is being willing to step up to the plate, you know, and being willing to take on a challenge and overcome the challenge. Oh yeah. You know, and if so, here's the thing: if you overcome one challenge. And you thought it was really hard. You just overcame the hardest thing you could think of. And, you and now do, you can do everything else. Your bar is going to be set higher. Yep. So I think that that's a big that's a big thing as well. You should always strive to fix yourself to be better. Absolutely. Always strive and surround yourself with people who are going to bring you up. Exactly. You're not people who are going to bring Put you, you down. down. No, don't don't surround yourself by people that are going to make fun of you and yeah. keep you down. For sure. You know. Now your true friends, you know, you fall down, they're going to laugh, then help you up. Absolutely. Yeah. They're going to help you up, and they're going to help you achieve your goals and your dreams, and they want you to succeed. They yeah. want you. That's a true friend right there. Exactly. Someone who wants to see you succeed. But they'll still laugh at you when you fall down. Absolutely. I laugh at you, but then I help you up. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Same goes for you, man. Yeah, man. But, uh, very good quote. Very yeah, good I think quote. it's, you know, Mr. Dillon's got a got a good plethora of quotes. That's very good. I so, like that. All right, who's your? What is your moment of the week? We gotta do dude first. Is that how that goes? Yeah, dude moment. Uh, I just say the words, man. <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night. I feel you. I didn't either. But who's, a, who's who's gonna be? Who's your dude? My dude of the week. Um, it's gonna have to be uh, Dale. <laughs> from Tucker and Dale versus oh, Evil. Oh, God. Because he's just a loving, compassionate guy, and he's really... He's such a good guy. He's such a good man. Yeah. And he de- definitely deserves to be my dude of the week. Dude of the hands week. Hands down. Cool. Who's your dude of the week, Andy? So, this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is fine. So, this is the first time I've ever actually mentioned somebody like this, but it's a YouTuber. And I don't think anyone who listens to this knows who he is, but if you do, you are awesome. It's this guy named Spaz. Don't know. You should watch his videos, man. It's hilarious. I. And he um, just he's just he's hilarious, and the way he's like really genuine with his friends, and he, you know, just That's interesting good. guy. Yeah, I'll show I'll show you when we take a break. Nice it's a funny video. That's awesome. And his distinctive features that he's an overweight white guy with a pink ski mask. <laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, nothing really deep about that. No, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. All right, Andy, what is your moment of the week? Getting accepted to George Mason University. What up, dude? Yeah. Tell us all about that. I got accepted. I looked out at my phone and it's like, you're in. And I'm like, kick ass. Yeah, dude. That's all. Awesome. I mean, it was like, and then I went to work, and I was like really happy. But. So you think you're gonna do that? Oh yeah. Nice. 
I just it better be in person because I'm not. Oh yeah. I don't want to pay for room and board that I'm not gonna use. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which I think it will be. I think it will yeah. be in person but by August. You know, when everything starts up again. Yeah. I know at least with my college is that they they had people there. They were doing on campus everything. Really. But um. They were trying to be safe about it, which they were actually doing a good job. But, you know, George Mason's a really good university. What are you yeah. going to study, dude? I'm going to major in creative writing, and I'm going to minor in English. So if creative writing doesn't work out, I'm going to then get my teaching license and then enlighten the next generation. That so, is amazing. My God. I, I dig it. It'll be, it'll be fun. dig it. It'll be a lot of fun. That's awesome, dude. It's always a good feeling to get accepted into a place and then be like, you know what? I don't need That's to worry. the moves. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to worry about it. I can just do what I want to do now. I'm excited, <laughs> though, because, you know, when you get to that stage and they're like, okay, what do you want to do as far as housing and all that? Like, that's exciting. Oh, like, yeah, that, it's That shows that you're able to, you know, you're moving forward with your life. And it feels so good to do that. It does. Which I haven't actually looked at any of the housing yet because I still have to, like, make the deposit. And right, right. All that. It's three hundred dollars. Holy shit. Three hundred dollars? Not for, well, not for like housing, but like for the a deposit. For like, because the school said like you have to make a before you pay for school, you have to put in a three hundred dollar deposit. That's yeah, that's probably. I only mine was only one hundred. That's some bullshit. <laughs> that's <laughs> say too. Fuck that. I got in state tuition, dude. Yeah, no, you did. Lucky, lucky me. I got in state tuition because I'm in state. <laughs> that's how it works. I'm going home, brother. <laughs> so technically, in-state would be correct. But <laughs> that's, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm honestly really stoked for you because I knew yeah. that this is something you were kind of worried about for a long time and uh, you've yeah. been stressed about, as we all are. Yeah. And it's just, it makes me feel so good to know that you're happy with that. Yeah, that I'm, I'm really happy there. with it. I'm stoked, man. That's, that's great. great. Thank you. It'll be, it'll be good. Right on. All right. That just about wraps it up. Thank you all for listening to the pod, as always. Um, Hit us up on Instagram, all lowercase, at the musings of men, and send us an email, you know, write in some questions, some comments about the show, whatever you want to do, all lowercase, the musings of men at gmail.com. Please, please email us. Please blow it up, dudes. Even though you won't, please do it. Yeah. Because we will respond. We, we, we will. We will make a promise to you that we will respond to every single one of you. And if we don't, we owe you $50. It's coming out of your pocket. Fine. Because <laughs> I will respond to every single email I get. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I oh, and so our media for the next week is what? Next week, let me look. Again, yeah, because this one planning really helps. Oh, yeah. it's a song. Beach called Boys. Kiss Me Baby yeah. by Kiss the Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Really tune in for that. Song. Tune in for that next week. Our analysis, you know. Of the song. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Thank you, dudes, for listening. Uh, stay stoked. Be good. Later. <laughs>